Hi, and welcome to the Athena Rising Podcast. I'm Dana. I started a journey long ago to heal myself, and I want to bring you along. I have a master's degree in counseling, plus certifications in Reiki, regression, and hypnosis. My goal is to help women heal our unique emotional pain by showing you all the ways that exist to do just that. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves, we are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Every Tuesday, I'll introduce you to guests, topics, and modalities that will inspire you to try something new on your path. Let's get started. On today's episode, I talk with Lindsay Schroeder, a spiritual wellness mentor of the company Our and R. She works with service-based entrepreneurs and spiritually curious women to develop their intuition, align their mindset, and level up their lives and businesses. Lindsay is a light worker, Reiki master, intuitive healer, and a passionate divine feminine practitioner. She is a contributor for the Life Goals magazine and the Saged app. Together, we talk about what intuition is different ways to identify and listen to it, and we share our own experiences with mother's intuition. Lindsay and I both hope that after listening, you find yourself with a renewed belief in your own ability to hear and follow that inner voice that is always guiding you. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here again. And um, why don't we just dive in by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you do? Definitely. So I'm super excited to be here, everyone. My name is Lindsay Schroeder, and I'm a spiritual wellness coach with a company I founded, Our and R. I work specifically with women, lots of female entrepreneurs, lots of women who are curious and ready to dive into their spirituality. And I work with a lot of women who are like, I'm not sure why I reached out to you. I just feel really drawn. The women who are ready to tap into their intuition, ready to work more closely with their energetic system, and often ready to shift their life and their business in that direction of being really in charge of it, very empowered by it, and really like bringing that power back to self. So I work with a myriad of healing modalities. We'll do everything from intuitive business practices to energy management. We'll work with things like EFT and reprogramming the subconscious. I'll do energy and intuitive services for them. I'll record guided meditations. We'll work with affirmations, journal prompts, and we will just basically uncover what it is that you're looking to shift in your life. And then we'll build a structured plan for you to work on those things, shift them consciously and unconsciously, both in the time that we're working together and in your off time when you're back in your normal life. I teach you how to use these skill sets or kind of like what I call as drills in the game. So when things come up, when you're walking into a stressful situation, when something kind of shakes you or stirs you, you get to use these things in the moment. It's not just limited to a morning practice or when you're sitting down with your candle and your journal. I really want to show you how to use intuition, work with your energy, and allow your intuitive muscle to shift the way that you live your life. Yeah, that's incredible. It's such a beautiful service that you offer um, to women. Um, do you work with men as well? Just out of curiosity. 
So I have worked with men before. So I do um, in-person events in Chicago where I'm located at. So I've worked with men in co-ed events. I also do a lot of work with men when it's through the woman that I've worked with. So Mm -hmm. if they have a male counterpart to their business, if they would like to do a session with their partner, if there's a friend or a brother or whoever, then I will work. I don't typically do my 60 or 90 day coaching programs with men just because my zone of genius is really divine feminine, a lot of second chakra working um, with women who have a really strong masculine side. A lot of times it's those entrepreneurs who are like, oh yeah, I can push, I can hustle, I can get it done. And I'm like, let's balance that and let's learn how to bring in your divine feminine so you can turn on that hustle, but you also understand how to sit back and allow things to flow to you. Because often women have been trained, we've been programmed, we've been taught that like the masculine way of operating is the best way. It's the way to be Mm -hmm. successful. And when we learn what each of our own individual balance between masculine and feminine is for each of us, that's when we really start to shine. And when things start to become easier, more efficient, we make more money, we gain more clients, we have more passion and purpose with more ease and grace because we found that balance for us. And sometimes that is very masculine. Sometimes that is very feminine. It's different for everybody. But I find that a lot of us haven't been taught how to cultivate the feminine like we have been taught how to cultivate the masculine. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the the feminine has been pushed down in our society for so long. I mean, since forever, times, <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, literally. So um, it takes a lot of work to, to relearn those things that we do know deep inside of us or in our DNA. It's just yep. a matter of um, understanding and knowing what that looks like for us. So let's go back because I want to know what led you to working as a spiritual wellness coach, because I'm sure mm-hmm. if you are like most healers that it's born from a place of pain and, um, oh, yeah. and growth. So I'd love to hear that story. Definitely. So when I was growing up, um, all the way back to when I was born, I was actually supposed to be a boy. So when I was born, my dad was pretty upset that I was a girl and ended up kind of walking out of the delivery room, leaving my mom to name me on her own. And I just kind of followed that and energetically felt that for a really, really long time. Um, So I was always trying to kind of be a boy, present as a boy, um, interested in tomboy activities. I remember putting my hair up in my racing helmet so I could like motocross race with my dad and his friends and all their sons until the point where boobs kind of didn't matter how much of my hair I put up in a helmet, you couldn't hide it. So I've kind of always been estranged from my own divine feminine. And so after years and years of work on my own femininity, on my own parental relationships, on all of the trauma and drama that I went through, you know, I did all of this healing for myself and I was almost a little selfish with my healing. Like I started with Reiki attunements. I started learning aura therapy and how to work with crystals and energy healing, but I only wanted to heal me. I only wanted to do work on myself. And as soon as I kind of turned that corner and found the things that really spoke to me, that really changed my life, that really helped me heal and got to a better place, all I wanted to do was give that away. It was like anyone who had similar trauma or similar like energetic signatures or pain in their auric field. I was like, I have something that might work for you. It's worked for me. I love it. Here, I want to give it to you. And I started doing coaching programs without even realizing that I was doing it. I was doing it with friends and family and then friends of friends. And I did a six-month program very in-depth with my now partner 
uh, one of my now partners. And at the end of it, she just looked at me and she was like, I've done therapy. I've done this. I've done that. Like I've done so many different things and nothing has been as holistic, as impactful and as moving as what we've done together. She was like, this is what you need to be doing. Like this is your career. And I had been told for my whole life, you should be a business owner. And I never loved anything enough to take that on. I was like, why? Why would I start my own thing? Why would I pay my own taxes? Why would I like <laughs> bookkeep and do all of that and have to be everything? Because when you're an entrepreneur, especially at the beginning, you're everything. Your marketing, your bookkeeping, your tech, your this, your that. I was like, I've never loved anything enough to want to take that on. It always seems like more of a burden than a blessing. And she said that to me and my body just went on autopilot. I started looking for how to open an LLC and how to get a business bank account. And within hours, I had an Instagram, I had a Facebook, I had an email and it just kept going. Like I offered those services. I started speaking to it. I started taking classes and educational programs and joining masterminds and other coaching groups and being like, okay, how do I take what it is that I have inside me that I really found works for me? And how do I find other women who are looking for the same thing? And then what's the best structure to give this gift to the world? How do I like get this message out there? And how do I find other women who need this? And it just kept going. Like there was no hesitation. And that's when I knew, all right, this is what it feels like. This is what business owners are talking about when they were like, I needed to do this. This business was in me. Like it needed to come out. Yeah. I think, um, those things are just so natural and they just flow when they're, um, meant to be. So, uh, I think that's amazing that you listen to that call. And, you know, part of that is understanding your own intuition and knowing how it works and listening to yourself. Um, so I'd love to kind of talk about intuition for a little bit. And, um, my podcast really seeks to help women kind of understand themselves and, um, to see themselves in other women. And so I would love it if you'd be willing to share maybe what you witnessed some of your clients, um, dealing with in regard to, blocks to their intuition or maybe where they're struggling with listening to it or um, answering that call. So what do you typically see women experiencing? I find that a lot of the work that I do is really centered around limiting beliefs, around those little voices that we have in our head after we have something that's really expansive. So intuition, a great way that I describe it is this expansive feeling that you get that moment of, oh, I'm looking for a job and you get that excited feeling of like, there's so many possibilities. I could do all of these different things or there's so many companies that are hiring for this thing I want or wow, I'm really like learned and gifted in this area, I have so much to give. And you start to feel expansive about all the opportunities, possibilities, what you could do, what you could have, maybe for your family or for your finances or for your own business. And then you hear a voice in your head that tells you why you can't have it why you're not deserving of it, why that won't work for you, why the example that you've seen is not applicable to you in your situation. Those are those limiting beliefs. And those can be programmed from your parents. Those can be programmed from childhood. Those can be programmed from the TV you watch, the music you listen to, the people that you spend time with, family members who you don't really have the option to not spend time with, especially when you're younger. And just like, the burdens that we feel from living life in general as a human being, as a female, where you're walking around 
and you're constantly bombarded with all these limitations. And so I go in and really support my clients, especially in our first session. It's about uncovering those limitations, uncovering how that voice speaks to you, how it pops up, what it feels like, and kind of attacking that from different ways. So I want to help women understand that voice, really understand that that's not them. That's not your intuition. That's not your own mind. Those are limiting beliefs. Those are kind of pre-recorded tape recordings that are just plain and just get flicked on by your subconscious. But that's not you. That's not your intuition. That's not a message from the universe telling you what you are and are not capable of. So I want to debunk that first and foremost. Then I want to go in and work with them in a subconscious way about those limiting beliefs. We want to also work in a conscious way. And then I want to teach them what that feels like to catch that so that they can flex their own intuitive muscle, both after they're done working with me and outside of the container that we create so that they start to understand that energy signature, that intuitive signature of what does it feel like to catch a limiting belief? And then when you start to shift it, what does it feel like? And then when it's starting to dissipate and you're fully letting it go and then you have new space, what does that feel like? And what do you want to put in that place? So that it's not just me using my own intuition and being like, oh, here we need to do this and here I'm seeing this, but I'm almost holding my client's hand and being like, do you feel what this feels like over here? Do you get that sense of what it feels like in your body or in your energy when you hear that, when you say that, when you believe that, when you feel that? so that you can catch that in the future. So maybe we're doing that about a job now, but in the future you might have that same energy signature about a partner or about moving or about when to have another kid. And you can follow your own intuition then, where it's not just me giving you the answers or me using my own skill set, but I'm really teaching you how to cultivate your own skill set. So the work that I do might be around money it might be around how they fit into their family. It might be just general limitations that they have. A lot of women have limitations around us as women, what we're able to do and be and have because we're women, um, connecting to your own energetic system. I find that each woman has a different area that's a little bit more difficult for her. So that might be the throat chakra area where speaking up is really hard for her. Because maybe in her family, she was taught that like, oh, my brothers get to be loud and speak up for what they want and tell my parents. But like, I have to always say please and thank you. And I have to always be quiet and I have to do this and I have to do that. So we're kind of going in and finding where these things exist in your energetic system and then working through them in a conscious and subconscious way. Yeah. Yeah. That really speaks to me. Um, I know when I decided to start this podcast, I had... Um, a hefty dose of imposter syndrome, yeah. you know, like who am I to think that I know anything um, about anything mm -hmm. to talk about it and yep. to put it out in the world. And um, I got over it pretty quick and I just decided to do this because I had to just kind of have a come to Jesus moment with myself and to just say there is space enough for everyone. There's room for all of us. And we each um, even if you might have a similar background to someone else, you have experienced the world in a totally unique way, unlike anyone else. And so whatever you have to share is perfect and needs to be out there. And I had to slap myself yeah. in the face a little bit and just do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just doing it is so hard though. I know so many people get so stuck hard. there. You know, they, mm -hmm. they really get stuck. And I, I think the thing that is comforting and beautiful is having your own intuition and just knowing 
that this is the path you're supposed to be on. Um, and so I would love to know kind of maybe some tips and strategies for my listeners about that, about like, how do you get over that hurdle? <laughs> how do you, yeah. how do you know that you're on the right track? How do you listen to that intuition? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first things that I start with is that expansive versus contractive feeling. So when you're starting to get connected with your intuition, t- making notice, taking notes about what it feels like and starting to differentiate those feelings because an expansive feeling is more often your intuition. I have very rarely seen people's intuition come to them, fear-based, contractive-based, limitations. Very rarely does your intuition speak to you in that way. I've definitely met mediums or people who are extremely connected with the other side who can get those types of messages. But for most of us, our intuition is a whisper. It's not a yell. And it's very, very expansive. So instead of don't do that, that's not for you. It's really going to say, this is for you. This is what feels good. This is expansive. So starting to listen to those things and pulling that apart in the mind, because sometimes we hear the negative thing and we don't realize that it's negative. Mm -hmm. We have so many negative thoughts throughout the day and we don't necessarily realize that vibrationally speaking, they're not positive. They're not a higher vibe. They're not an expansive vibration because we're just so used to having them. So starting to become mindful, to become conscious, to become aware of those things is really the first step. I also really encourage my clients to have a personal practice, whatever that looks like. And so it doesn't have to be three hours of meditation and journaling and all of these things. Even if it's just five minutes a day where you're sitting with yourself and you're really like getting connected to your thoughts, or maybe you're just moving your hands from each of the chakras and just getting connected with your physical and energetic body. Maybe that's a journaling practice. Maybe that's a five minute guided meditation that you listen to, or maybe that's just your favorite song that you close all the doors, turn all the lights down and listen to your favorite song two times in a row and just allow yourself to get into this feel good space. But doing a personal practice in a semi-consistent, semi-regular way really allows you to start a conversation with yourself. And that turning inward really helps to flex the intuitive muscle because you start to hear and feel and sense the difference between chatter in the mind, limiting beliefs in the mind, things that have been pre-recorded that are just flicked on and playing on their own, and then your own thoughts and your own intuition. You start to feel when you have gut feelings. And then people can start to kind of pull apart what kind of intuition do they have? Do you hear things? Do you feel things? Do you sense things? Do you see things? And you start to get really connected with your own intuitive muscle. And that semi-consistent way of doing it really starts to show you patterns and brings up consistent messages so that you can start to decode with your intuition and really start to build a relationship with it. So those two things, being mindful and getting connected and then having a semi-consistent personal practice. And I say semi-consistent because I (laughs) never like to tell people like, oh, you have to be consistent with this because then I have the women who are like, I missed one day. I ruined my intuition. Like it's never going to work for me. And I'm like, there are days when I don't do my own meditation practice. It's about looking at that and being like, okay, do I have time for it today? Can I fit it in? Can I make it work? Versus like, I really can't make this work today. And you want to like move through with ease and grace. So semi-consistent maybe. Yeah, I love that. Because I think as women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to 
do so many things in a day and then to hear like, oh God, now I have to add this to my to-do list um, feels yucky. But mm-hmm. if you can just make it flow into your day, I love your suggestion of listening to music. I've actually never really yeah. thought of just turning on my favorite song. I mean, I have a practice oh, yeah. myself, but that's a great that's a great one for people who are like, I can't meditate. So many people think they can't meditate. Yes. Oh my God. I spend oh, typically one of my weekly calls on meditation or at least on spiritual tools where I share with my clients, okay, let's look through my spiritual toolbox. Let's see what excites you. And then I'll teach you more about those things. And then in your recap with your recording that they get for every one of their calls, then I give them really expansive practices so they can circle back as they start to get deeper. Because meditation works for everyone. There's Mm -hmm. just different types of meditations. It's just like going to the gym. Like everyone can find something at the gym that really works for them and their body and what they're trying to achieve. But if you just show up and everyone's doing the same thing, that's going to work better for some people and not as great for others. But there's as much variety in meditation as there is in a gym setting. 100%, if not more. (laughs) If not more, because it's with the mind. And there's endless possibilities with the mind. The body can only move in so many ways, but your mind can do anything. Tons of gymnastics. Like it's (laughs) absolutely impressive. Like I'm still finding new ways to meditate. Mm -hmm. I know, same. And, you know, just tapping into um, what we were talking about with the intuition and um, just kind of listening to yourself and feeling expansive. I'm just going to add on here that for myself, Um, sometimes if I get a message or I get a knowing that I should follow something and then I get a sign later on, it's like, Mm -hmm. it just underlines it. And, um, so do you teach your clients about like looking for signs and numbers and literally signs sometimes, you know, (laughs) signs. So then once we've kind of gone through like, okay, I would like you to be more mindful. I would like you to start recognizing your own thoughts and having that back and forth conversation with yourself, separating out what is your mind, what is your intuition, and what are some of these pre-programmings. You've started to build in a semi-consistent personal practice, so you're getting more comfortable with hearing or feeling or sensing your intuition. Then I ask my clients to make notes of those things. So when you get that message, when you get that download, when you get that sign, write them down. And that can be just like in a little journal pad or in a note in your phone because often they're patterns. And so maybe when you're seeing 1111, that's always in conjunction with a certain thing. Maybe you have a specific animal that pops up for you when it's, oh yes, this is a great decision, or you need to think on this a little bit more. Hey, now this is time to journal. So I'm asking clients to really make note of that and write those out because it's one thing when you're working with that feeling, that sense, And then it's fleeting. It leaves after you've had that moment. It's really hard to deny your intuition when you see that pattern written out on your phone. And you're like, wow, three days in a row after my meditation, I saw this number. Or wow, I thought about this thing in one of my dreams and then I saw a sign about it. It's asking me to connect those dots. It's asking me to think, make a move, make a decision, take some action on that. And so that writing down of them so that my clients can really see them for themselves and then sharing it with me just absolutely solidifies what it is that they're thinking and feeling. And that's when the game starts to change, when they can really see that and they have that tangible proof for themselves. Yeah, I love that you encourage them to do that. And um, I think it's funny too, sometimes people will be like, okay, my number is going to be 555. And that's what I'm picking as my intuitive number. And you Mm -hmm. don't get to 
pick. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get to choose. So part of it is also being flexible and being open to noticing those things that do continue to happen that you have no control over because that's even cooler than if you were to demand that it come from the heavens, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can, you can definitely do it in both of the ways. Like you can tell the universe and have a conversation with it and say, okay, five, five, five means this to me. So when that's coming up, when I need to hear that message, when you're reaffirming that I'd like to see this one, but you also don't want to close yourself down from other Mm -hmm. messages. So like this might be my animal and my number, but when you start to record those patterns of like, Hey, I was watching TV and I always zone out during the commercials and jump on my phone. And every time this one commercial comes up, I like look up and I pay attention to it. Okay. What's catching your attention? Is there a certain phrase that you're hearing? Is it a specific color? Is it a certain actor? Is there, what is standing out to you? Make note of that and watch the pattern unfold oh, wow, this person represents this to me, or, oh, that movie that they're in that I always think about when I see them, that's the message. Or, oh my God, that color is really something that's speaking to my energy. Maybe it's green and my heart chakra is really what needs work. So I'm seeing green and I'm focusing on it and I have to look up at it because that's what I'm in need of right now. Starting to decipher those things in addition to seeing your own messages and the things that you've pointed out is basically like pulling a tarot card or getting a message from the universe or just like a little cheat sheet of like, hey, this thing is important. Take a look at it. Yeah, 100%. And I know like when it all started for me, I had one number that that came to me. I didn't ask for it. It just kind of came. And then for a number of years, that was my number that I looked for as a, a wink or a nod from the universe. And then it started to expand over time and it yeah. became this and it became that and a different number and in this animal. And and then it just because becomes sometimes like you're talking about something and then that exact thing will show up on TV yep. or popular culture. So it just it just starts to expand. Once you start with one little point, it just becomes so much more, or at least that's how it works for me. And one of my favorite things about that is, you know, we've probably all seen the like little Instagram meme. It's like, if you're looking for a yellow car, it's much easier to see a yellow car. And so we hear that in that base level of like, oh, if I'm looking for a specific tree or if I want to see a certain flower, if I'm thinking about butterflies, like that will show up but you can use that in an even grander sense. So if you're always looking for opportunities, if you're always available for opportunities, if opportunity is always something that's in your head and in your conscious, in your awareness, you will find those. If you're always saying things like, oh, I'm so unlucky, or like, oh, bad shit always happens to me, you're putting that in your sphere as well. So the idea of focusing on feeling good of elevating your vibration, of making sure that what you're available for and what you're manifesting is intentional and is what you would want to call in is so huge and so potent, but can be dropped down to that simple phrase of if you're consciously looking for a yellow car, you're going to see a yellow car way sooner than if you're not aware of it. So what is it that you want to hold in your awareness, hold in your mind, hold in your intention? What would you like to call in? Because you are manifesting at every moment. You are creating your reality with your thoughts and actions. So why not create what you want? Yeah, I love that you bring that up. And like the flip side of that, people who, um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I guess they are maybe critics of, skeptics. Skeptic. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm thinking of. Um, who will say like, well, if you want that yellow car, then you're going to see it because you're aware of it and you're thinking about it. Or, um, 
you know, oh, that orb showed up in that photo just as like a, a glitch in your, your phone or whatever. And mm-hmm. to that, I say like, who cares? This is like the placebo effect in my right? opinion. Like who cares if, if it was a glitch in my phone, it showed up, it came into my awareness, it came into my consciousness. It told me something, it served its purpose. So mm-hmm. whether it was a glitch of the computer or not really doesn't matter at all. And both of those things can be the same thing, whether that or presented in the physical space or that or presented as the glitch. Yeah, exactly the same thing. And just like a lot of times um, skeptics or people who are not sold on these types of things or a lot of times the partner of the person that I'm working Mm -hmm. with is like, "Mm, not sold. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, we'll take we'll take your direction. So the reason I'm seeing a yellow car is because I'm thinking about a yellow car. So you acknowledge that because I'm thinking about it, I'm more aware of it, which means I can find it. I can use that same process and same logic for my larger scale things. That's the same thing with finding a new job, finding a new opportunity, finding a new partner, finding a business partner, a location, a space, Mm -hmm. a logo, any of those things. So whether or not that you believe that it's vibrationally based, which science, uh, vibration is real. Mm -hmm. Everything is vibrating at a certain frequency. We're all moving matter. So like you want to try and disprove that, technically speaking, (laughs) I've got science on my side. But you know what? We'll let that go. We'll just, we'll have that face value conversation of what I'm focusing on. It's still, it works no matter which way you want to explain it away. So then I can look at that person and say, okay, if you don't believe my explanation, if you're not understanding or wanting to buy into the woo woo of vibration and potency and the universe is like giving you what it is that you're asking for. If you just believe that like, if I'm thinking of something, I become more aware, just like plain I spy if you're told, look for this thing, like, oh, we, we're looking for a magnifying glass in this thing. It's going to be way easier to find that than if you don't know what you're looking for. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, just name 10 things that you see in here that might be it. Our focus allows us to vector in on what it is that we want. So focus on what it is that you want, regardless of the belief system behind it. It's still going to pop up sooner if you're focused on it. And, you know, when our partners aren't always super supportive, I know my husband, like, he wants to support me in whatever I want to do, but, you know, some of this stuff is a little out there for him. And that's fine. Like, I think part of it is respecting where people are on their path and, and, um, you know, try not to push them or convert them too much because they have to come to it in their own, own way and just carrying on with what we know we need Mm to, right. To just keep focusing. And I truly believe they'll see it and it will impact their life and it will um, benefit them in some way. And so that they will come to understand as just a byproduct of being around it. <laughs> For sure. I mean, like at the beginning with my partner, because I, I have a male and a female partner. And so my male partner is, as one would assume, a little bit less into the spirituality, the woo-woo. And so... <laughs> kind of just being that beacon and just kind of existing in my space and having those friends with me and hosting those events and speaking that language. It's so funny to watch what he picks up on and what he assimilates into his own life after I stopped pushing. Because Mm -hmm. in the beginning, when you find these wonderful things, you're like, I want to give this thing to you because it works. It's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. Like the first time I did ayahuasca, I came home and I was like, this is going to save the world. Like you need to do this, (laughs) like sign up tomorrow. And he was like, no, no. <laughs> not going to do that right now. And it took, it ended up being like almost a full year between the first time I did ayahuasca and when he did ayahuasca. And it was exactly what I wanted for him. 
and it was magical and beautiful, but like I couldn't push. And I would have loved to have him do it the moment after I finished with my journey being like, this is just going to show you all the things and it's going to be amazing. And he was like, I'm not ready. And learning to respect that I'm not ready and not push and not manipulate and not kind of breadcrumb these things was as huge of a lesson for me as it was for him. And I really believe that because I consciously learned that lesson and because he consciously spoke up for himself and was like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not in that place. I'm not going to be able to get from it what you got from it because I'm not there. When he did get there, it was able to do for him what I had hoped, but it took a lot of patience and it took a lot of vocalization from him. Yeah. I think that's amazing that you just supported him and were patient and um, allowed him to come to it in his own time. Yeah. I want to talk about motherhood. Before we really started recording, um, we talked a little bit about how you just had a baby. And so, you know, I know you're only a couple weeks in, but do you feel that this has opened up your intuition? How do you feel about motherhood and a mother's intuition and all of that? So having, being pregnant was an insane experience for all the physicality and all of the normal things. But for my intuition, I found in sessions, I was getting intuitive hits that were not mine, that I was really like getting reads through her energy that manifested in different ways, spoke to me in different voices, came in different images. Like I taste energy a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that's very unique to me. And I, I've never really had a lot of auditory. And with this baby, I got a lot of auditory messages and the way that I saw energy signatures change, the types of information that I got um, was totally different when I was pregnant. And so when I gave birth, I was very interested to see if I was going to get to keep any of that. Like, is this (laughs) a gift that you're leaving for me? Was this really just what I got to experience and witness because I was carrying you? And so tapping into my intuition now and starting to feel the separation, like, when I'm holding her versus when she's like in another space has been very, very interesting. And there are so many messages that I get from her. And like, I know, like, it sounds crazy because I'm like, you are a two week old baby. Like, there's no way that you're looking at me. You can't see, there's no way you're giving me this message. And yet I know it without a doubt that it's like, this is a communication style that I had while you were inside. And now instead of it just coming from inside of me, I'm really feeling like you're sending it to me. And so it's been absolutely amazing to witness the like changes. And I know the way that I was providing services definitely changed while I was pregnant with her. And so I'm very excited to see the way that I've expanded because anytime I start talking to clients, I'm like, there's this whole other language that I can tap into now. There's this whole other set of imagery that is accessible to me because of the energy signature that she left. It's much more feminine. It's much softer. It is very much that mother's intuition of like, she calls this softer, sweeter side of me. Whereas I've always been very assertive and kind of aggressive. I can be blunt, intense. I can be very fiery and very passionate because that's very much my energy signature, both my human design, both my sun sign. And she is so much softer. She's much more water-esque and like, I will carve this entire canyon, but it will be from that slow trickle. 
And so now I have access to almost like this other arm of Kali that I never had access to. So I'm very, very excited to grow it and to expand it and then to get even more messages from her about her and I. Oh yeah. Um, I love hearing that because it's so validating for me. I, um, I have two children. I have a seven-year-old, almost a seven-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And my pregnancies with them were both um, very different in terms of that energy frequency. But I feel like both of them definitely had an imprint. And I mean, of course you're changed forever when you have children. Like that's, you know, that's, that's a given. But when you're specifically looking at your intuition, my son, the energy of him is very like structured routine, you know, and I didn't know that at the time. Um, but when he came into being was when I was really faced with some of my own demons and he was almost like my hard teacher. Like, I'm going to force you to look at some stuff that you haven't wanted to think about. Um, and that was part of why, um, his newborn time was so hard for me. I think it just brought up a lot of stuff. And then when my daughter came along, like almost four years later, um, she just had a much softer, gentler, divine feminine energy that was Mm -hmm. like, okay, you dealt with all that crap and now it's time to just like wrap yourself up, you know? And so they both have their purpose in their time and their energy. And um, so I just love hearing that it was really similar for you. And because I just think it's, it's like so mind blowing giving birth. So mind blowing. Yeah. It is definitely one of the most transcendent experiences you'll ever have as a woman. You're just able to tap into an entirely different portal that you've never had access to. Yeah. It It was an experience, that's for sure. That's amazing. And did you use your intuition the entire time um, you were in the birthing process? I'm sure you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I ended up free birthing. So it was really just just me for most of the time. My partner was in our home with us, but I kept like sending him away and <laughs> I had to try and stay out of my thinking mind. And so I spent most of my time in my bathtub in candlelight listening to my what everyone calls is my hippie music. And just like chanting, I did transcendental meditation, I did hypnobirthing, I did breath work, I did these intense animalistic, almost like embodiment practice, moans and groans. And like anytime I could slip from my frontal cortex into my like being state was much more enjoyable and way less painful and just like present versus like, oh, I'm thinking and I'm trying to intellectualize this then it became like almost like knocking me over the head and like to feel that difference and to be in that difference and to get connected to this child and like have conversations with them being like okay where are you in this process how are you doing we're doing this together and like having it be a dance a conversation instead of this very medicalized thing was truly an experience that's amazing and I think a lot of us um, as women, when we're pregnant and we're thinking about the birth, there can be so much fear and anxiety yeah. and we get through that birth and then the real journey <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, that's the thing is like, I did so much work and so much preparation for birth yeah. and then little nuggets <laughs> out and I'm like, I have a baby on my chest and I was like, oh shit, like yeah. now there's a baby here. like. I didn't do work on the first day, the first week, the first 48 hours, like at all in comparison to like the two years Mm -hmm. worth of work I did on birth. Like birth was 
from a Friday night at 10 p.m. to a Sunday morning at 1.47. And like, yes, that's a substantial amount of time, but it's like, now I have forever, forever. with this child. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I did a, I did a lot of work for birth. And um, now it's time to do all the work for baby. And I was like, huh, that was definitely... Not not a short sight, but it was just so funny to me that I was so focused on the like getting her out and into the world, and then I was like, oh yeah, and we'll just figure out the rest. Right. Like, the rest is like the big part of the puzzle. <laughs> so I was like, huh, I wonder why I have fifty books on birth, and I don't have one book on like newborn baby. And so my partner and I are just like googling all the time, and I was like, oh god, this is like exactly what I avoided for birth and now I'm just like fully available for that for post-birth like she does anything I'm like why did you do that looking that up why did you do that like are you breathing are you alive are you this are you that and it's just so funny and I like will consciously quiet that down and then connect to her intuitively and I'm like okay Google knows a lot of things but I also know a lot of things like asking myself and having that conversation with myself of practicing what I preach basically I'm like maybe I should play a recap of one of my coaching calls <laughs> and just apply that to me and this baby absolutely because you know her best you always yeah. will and um yeah I think that's so empowering to just remember that because it is so easy to get caught up in google and yeah. and placing the power in someone else even in yeah. maybe our mothers or our friends who had babies before us or siblings or whatever and 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 going to everyone for all these um, their opinions. I know I did that with yeah. my first child for sure. By the time my second one came around, I felt very empowered in, in making my own decisions, but that it can be tempting to be like, just tell me what to do. Someone else yep. tell me, you know, which is so much of the lessons that I work with my clients <laughs> on where I'm like, yes, you want to work with a coach. Yes. You, of course you want to have a collective of, of other women entrepreneurs around you. And yes, you want to download all those reviews. You want to look at all this information, but also like you have inside of you all of these answers. Yes, you're pulling from the intellect and the knowledge from all these different places, but you're the one that synthesizes that. You're the one that spits that back out in a way that works for you and your business or you and your life or you and your family. And I'm like, oh, I'm hearing myself coaching other people, telling myself these things about my life and my child and this growth process. So that's been very beautiful and very interesting for me that I'm like, you have all this information inside of you and it's time to like do the exact same thing that you did with birth and take that power back into self and synthesize the information, like definitely feel comfortable reaching out, mm -hmm. but then digesting it for myself, not just handing off the responsibility and then taking that as exactly what I'm going to do or say or be like in the beginning the first few times she was crying and I knew what it is that she wanted, I could just feel it or see it or sense it. Or I felt like, often I felt like I had a conversation with my partner already about it. And then I realized we're not talking about this. I'm just, I'm hearing things mm. that I was like, no, I, I know what it is that she wants. Like, I know that that's a diaper. I know that that's, she's hungry. And my partner's like, but she just ate an hour ago. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. She's hungry. I can tell like, that is just the noise that she makes and the way that she moves her body. Like even on that little tiny screen of, you know, the little camera that you have, and it's like in the dark and you can barely see them. And I'm like, no, I know. I know that's how she's moving. I know that's what she wants. And then he goes to try and do that. And he's like, oh yeah, 
she did need another diaper 20 minutes later. She did want another bottle like right after that. And I'm like, yeah, it just, it makes sense. It's almost like you have a Rosetta stone inside you that deciphers them. And like when you try and use other people's keys, it might work some of the time, but your key works all of the time if you let it. That's right. And isn't the core of tapping into your intuition, really trusting yourself and believing in yourself. I mean, if you can't do that, you're not going to fully release and allow the intuition to come, whether it's in motherhood or in your business, whatever it may be, it, the core of it all is going to be to trust yourself. Yep. And just accepting that like, you really can't mess it up. Like you can't because you're, you're listening to your intuition and there's no wrong move. There's like, I'm trying this, I'm exploring that, I'm understanding this. And like, of course, that's harder to do with a child because you're like, oh, but I can, I can mess it up. I can't not feed the baby. I can't do this wrong. I can't do that wrong. But like your motherly intuition speaks to that and like kind of helps you navigate that so that when it is time to consult an expert, when it is time to ask for other feedback, when it is time to bring other things in or try this first, then this, then this, like you get that sensation. And like you're saying, when you start to release all of the limitations around that of like, oh, it has to look this way or it has to be that way or like, oh, someone said this thing, you start to peel those layers back and just listen to yourself. It becomes way easier and way more efficient, way more graceful. Yeah, you can take um, help from others, but from a centered place of, of, of having um, kind of that discernment of what is going to work for you and what's not. And you can always just listen and smile and nod and be like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I'm going to do when you leave. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's that Robert Downey Jr. quote where he's like, just smile and tell them what they want to hear and then do whatever the fuck you want. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> exactly. That does work really well. Satisfies them and satisfies you. It does. Exactly. Because at the core of it, you know who you are and what is best yep. for you. Mm -hmm. This has been so beautiful, but I do want to give you a chance. If there's anything we didn't touch on, anything that you feel like we maybe missed about intuition, just a moment to clear up any misconceptions or misunderstandings or anything we didn't touch on. Well, one of the first misconceptions that I get a lot is I have women come to me and say, am I intuitive? Like, I mm -hmm. want you to tell me that I'm intuitive. Like, please confirm that these messages that I'm getting are real, that this is how my intuition speaks to me, that like I could be one of these people of like women who want to be coaches or women who want to be healers or even just women who want to use tarot cards for themselves. Or, you know, I bought a few crystals, but then I didn't do anything with them because like I'm not a healer. Mm. Bullshit. Yeah. Like I will say right now that's absolute bullshit. Like everyone is intuitive. It's not a muscle that some people don't get. It's not an ability that, you know, like with athletes, there's not, oh, you're good at best one. Oh, you're not good. Like it, everyone is intuitive and this is a muscle that everyone can work out. So unlike a physical capability where some people are born gifted and some people aren't. Yes, of course, there are people who come into this world just understanding their intuition better, maybe hearing it or feeling it with more accuracy or right off the bat but everyone is intuitive. So when women come to me and they're like, okay, like this happened to me and this message showed up and I downloaded this, like, can you confirm it for me? I'm like, no, I can't. Mm -hmm. You confirmed it for yourself. The fact that you're asking me that question confirms it for yourself. And like, you do not need me to go in there and confirm it for you. 
Now it's always great to have someone pull a card or read something off of your, pick something off of your aura that confirms those things. That is like a really nice, like you were saying, underline to your first message. That's a beautiful feeling, but giving me your authority, giving me that responsibility, giving me the like, yes or no, black or white, like I'm telling you that you can be a healer. or I'm telling you that you are intuitive. I refuse to take that from people and I ask them not to, not to give it, not to offer it, not to ask for it because they do know. And so instead of me confirming that you are intuitive, me confirming those messages, let's dive into why it is that you want an outside party to do that when you truly know that those messages are for you. And a lot of times that will show us an area of growth or an area of healing that you have that you might want to dive into or a roadblock or some part of like heaviness or darkness in the auric field that you might want to clear out attachment that you still have. But I think that's a lot of times how women find me and they like, you know, will DM me and be like, Oh, I got this message or I had this dream or I pulled this card. Like, can you tell me that it's right or wrong? Or can you like clean this up for me? And I'm like, Nope, but we can jump on a call and we can talk about why it is that you're asking me that. And like, how much beauty and all these different things that are available for you because you're starting to ask that question. And like, I want to open them up to that world. I also really love to talk to women about the connection between intuition and energy and like your energy management. So I think that's something along with balancing a checkbook and how to pay taxes, all of these things that they never taught us in school that I really wish they would have taught us instead of like covalent bonds and how to do trigonometry that we all don't, necessarily use but energy management is something that we all need to understand of like how it is that we're carrying weight we're carrying burden we're carrying our stress or anxiety how are each of our chakras doing at any moment like what happens when you start to feel a physical manifestation of an energetic issue and then what's your energy doing in conjunction or separate from your intuition and how do you use your intuition to help with your energy and how do you use your energy to help with your intuition. So just like that gym metaphor again, like in what ways are you really capable? What areas do you normally work out? And then what are those areas where like when you work that muscle out, it's super sore where you're like, I've never used that one before. Mm -hmm. Like how did this boxing or cycling or this hit that muscle? So I really work with women to get that more holistic approach of oh, maybe my intuition comes to me in this one way, but there's so many other ways. And I would like to cultivate this practice so that intuition can speak to me in so many different avenues. And then how is my energy doing? And how can I check in on my energy myself instead of always having to go to someone? I really tell my clients that like after the program that we do together, you're going to feel really, really empowered to do this work for yourself instead of feeling like, oh, now I need to sign up for another program. A lot of times my clients will take six months or a year or three years off afterwards. And they're like, okay, now I did all of that for myself. I healed to a new level and then I'm ready to up level again. So then we'll do another course and we'll lay out a whole new level of foundational work and expand in that way instead of, oh, I always need you to verify or I want you to answer that question for me. It's a very different coach and client dynamic the most. Yeah. Well, I have to say, you don't need me to say this. You already have your intuition is already off the charts, but you're perfectly suited for this work. I mean, you're oh, just, thank you. 
I can tell that it's just in, in so much alignment with who you are. And I just kind of feel that from your energy and from the way you talk about it. And uh, so I just have to say, I think that's amazing. And so if someone is wanting to work with you, if they're like, this is amazing, I want to be a part of this, how can they find you? Where can they reach you? Um, so you can visit my website, which is ourandr.com. So O-U-R-A-N-D-A-R-E.com. And that's going to give you the full breakdown of all the different ways that we can work together. 60 or 90 day programs, um, my group coaching programs. I also offer power sessions, which are two hour deep dive sessions for a woman who's really interested in diving into maybe one or two topics. And then I also do have standalone modules. So if you are interested in this work, but you want to go at your own pace and you want to learn it yourself and really get to dive into that information, I have standalone modules as well. I would also encourage you to follow me on Instagram. My handle is just our and R. And then I do have a private Facebook group as well, which is just the facebook.com slash group slash R and R, where it's a collective of women, a smaller group where we're really actively talking about these things, where you're getting to interact with me and my team and other women who are interested in intuition and energy management. And it's a beautiful collective of women. So that is a great place to start as well. But if you are interested in some one-on-one -on -one coaching, now is a phenomenal time to look into that. While I'm technically on maternity leave, I'm offering an awesome discount if you do schedule your session for January or February of 2020. And I'm offering pre-work so that you can start to prep, answer questions, dive into some journal prompts, do some work ahead of time. So you're really going to be set up for that coaching program in the new year. That's amazing. That's a great model to have for maternity leave. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really enjoying the structure of maternity leave. I got a lot of intuitive hits of how to prep and how to set up for it. So I'm really loving how it's flowing. Mind you, it's only been two weeks and two days, but so but far it's, it's been flowing so beautifully and I'm really enjoying it. And I know the clients that I do have set up for January and February are loving the pre-work because you're basically getting, you know, six months of work together for the price of three months, which is mm. really exciting. So they're that loving it so far. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your light. Um, just helping my listeners to understand their intuition a little bit more. I just appreciate well, you sharing that. Thank you so much for having me, getting this message out and exposing women to the fact that they are intuitive and all the other topics that you've been touching on is just like exactly what it is that calls me to other women's work of lifting women, expanding women, and just like really showing them like you are powerful, like you are strong, you are capable. And then bringing us together so that we're in conversation instead of in competition is so important to me. It's like the most important thing. It's time for that to change. It is time. Yep. I could go on and on about oh, that. Yeah, <laughs> Women in community is what's going to change this world. One so much percent. Though. Yes. One, mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Same wavelength. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at athenarisingpodcast.com or at Athena Rising Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.